Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Hey guys, give it up for my amazing co-pastor and beautiful wife, Adrienne. That was a fantastic word around our offering. Um, man, thank you guys so much for being found in the house of God today. We're going to talk about some pretty for real things this morning, um, but I believe as we do that, not only will the gates of hell not prevail against it, but our own flesh won't prevail against it. Our own broken thoughts won't prevail against it, but we will be fully given over to the word of God. Amen. Who had an incredible time in worship this morning? Can we just honor our worship team one time? Can we just give them some honor? Wow, um, I got to tell you, it really sucked to cancel Wednesday. We basically put it off to the very last minute, and the reason we had to put it off to the last minute was because, uh, you know, uh, the snow came and then killed the power in the building, uh, and within like a mile radius. So it was kind of out of our hands. Needless to say, if I would have known what the Lord was going to do this morning, I wouldn't have been so bent about it Wednesday. I am grateful for the presence of God. Who is grateful for a Savior like Jesus? Who is grateful for a Lord like Jesus? Come on, let's get higher. Who's grateful for a king like Jesus? It's not to us, but to his name be the glory. Amen? It's all about him. It's all about him. And yes, January 30th, we are taking our first fruits offering. And briefly, just to comment on that, here's our heart. Most nonprofits and churches will do a year-end giving. You know, it's a great example to, you know, clear some taxes with the government. It's a great way to equip the church to do great works in the following year. There's a lot of good things about that. And this will be the first time we've ever taken a bigger one-time offering that goes above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings. And the reason we're doing it is because the Lord laid on our heart that he doesn't want our Christmas leftovers. He doesn't want our end of the year is what we could find in our mattresses. No, no, no. What the Lord is asking this house to do is to purpose our first. Our first. So our first tenth, our first of our year. We're having seek worship nights the entire first month of the year. We are giving God our first, our first fast. All of it is designed so that we could be a church that is faithful in giving God not our lasts, not our fifth, not ours when we think about it, but our firsts. So I want to ask that you would prayerfully consider, not be, not be persuaded by my smooth talk, but you would be faithfully considering in prayer what the Lord would have you do and what role you could play in all of this. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Well, this morning, we're continuing our series, New Wine, Fresh Oil, and Old Fire. New Wine, Fresh Oil, and Old Fire, and if you are taking notes, the title of my message is this. Are you ready? Found in the cluster. Found in the cluster. And we're going to go to the Old Testament. Somebody said the OT. OT. Come on. We're going to the OT on my old birthday, okay? Isaiah 65, 8 through 12. I'm coming out of the ESV. You can come out of whatever you like besides the KJV. Um, there's some people in here with some heathen choker Bibles on their nightstand that love the KJV, okay? Oh, man, someone's going to hashtag heathen choker. Great. All right, Isaiah 65, 8 through 12. If you're there, say there. If you're not, the Sky Bible is behind you. Hey, give it up for Kelsey and Steffi and Cole and Evan in the bag. Come on, everybody. People back there just learning and serving, making the whole thing go around. 
What an amazing place to serve in. I appreciate you guys. Isaiah 65, 8 through 12. Here we go. Thus says the Lord. Come on. How many of you know when a verse starts out with thus says the Lord, we got to lean into that. As the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is blessing in it. So I will not do for my servant's sake, and I will not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it. My servant shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks in the valley of Acre, a place for herds to lie down. For my people who have sought me. But you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you to the sword, and all of you shall bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. But you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. We're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord to give us some insight this morning. Sound good? Cool. Father God, I just thank you so much for this moment. God, right now I ask that you would just come. That you would just begin to move in this place. That you would just do what only you can do in and through your people, God. That you would speak truth to our souls, God. Whatever condition we came in today, God, we just prophesy over this people this morning, God, that your word is a light to our path, God. That you are illuminating where we need to go, how we need to live, how we need to forgive, how we need to love, how we need to worship, how we need to pray, how we need to exist, God. Father, right now we just bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we say we want you more, God, and less of us. So, Father, right now, let the pressing begin. Let the crushing begin. Let the breaking begin. And have your way in your people, Father God, and we will be faithful till the end. And right now, Father, we just welcome the Holy Spirit in. We tell every other spirit in the room, you got to go. In Jesus' mighty name of faithful church said, amen. Found in the cluster. Found in the cluster. I love the Old Testament. I love the book of Isaiah. Who loves the book of Isaiah? Anybody read it before? The book of Isaiah is amazing. You want to know why? Because the book of Isaiah is all about God telling us about himself. There's this prophet Isaiah, and basically he is a wild man for the Lord, and the Lord and his relationship is basically to write this stuff down, to make it known the will of God, to make down what the Messiah will be, whom Jesus will be, what will be happening. This is all prophetic. This is all telling of a future that will come. This is all talking about whom the Lord Jesus is and why God has to send himself. That is, in a very concise nutshell, there's a lot more there, the book of Isaiah. And so Isaiah and God, they're having this conversation. They're having this conversation. For a bit of context, this conversation starts off with God saying, Isaiah, I have searched. I have searched and I have surveyed. First of all, can I just tell you how mind-blowing it is that God feels like he even owes us that? 
to search the earth for us, to search the earth for faith, to search the earth for a people that would praise him. Can I just say and highlight real quick that I am fully aware of the fact that I do not deserve the goodness of God, but I'm so very grateful for it. Is there any other saint in the place who is grateful for the goodness of God on their life this morning? And so he's telling Isaiah, he's like, I've searched, I've surveyed the world, and what I have found is faithlessness. I have not found faith. I have not found a people of faith. I have searched far and wide, and what I have found is people who do not listen, people who do not answer, people who do not care, people who have turned a blind eye to me, people who have left all morality, all holiness, all intimacy, all religion behind not just Christians, not even just the Jews who were far from him as well, but every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every place on this earth. God looked and he did not find faith. And then he says this beautiful, beautiful phrase, but found in the cluster. Somebody say, found in the cluster. Found in the cluster. God has searched. He has surveyed. He has gone the depths. He has gone the heights. He has looked everywhere and randomly found in the cluster was new wine. Another thing you got to know about new wine is this. New wine in the Word of God is, it is always speaking to a new access, a new level, a new potency, a new place, a new outpouring, a new position, a new amount, a fresh level, a fresh outpouring, a fresh offering from heaven of the Holy Spirit, of God's goodness, of Jesus. A new wine in the Word of God always is indicative that our God is giving us a new measure, a new level, a new access to His goodness and His holiness and His power and everything that He has for His people. New wine was found in the cluster. New wine is found in the cluster. I think that's amazing, you see, because I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for revival in the earth. I'm praying for revival in this church. I'm praying for revival in our lives. I'm praying revival in church attendance. I'm praying for revival in church tithing. I'm praying for revival in our marriages. I'm praying for revival in our sexuality. I'm praying for revival in our identities as sons and daughters of the Most High God. I'm praying for revival in, in our, in our uh, intimacy with the Lord, in our prayer time with the Lord. I'm praying for revival for your home, for your life, for your marriage, for your people, for your children. I'm praying for revival in the Midwest, in the church at large. Is anybody else joining me in praying for revival? And I believe one of the key components to revival is new wine. It's interesting, though. It's interesting, though, because as Christians, we are absolutely, absolutely known for not being careful, not being careful to be sure that we want to pay for what we are praying for. Because if new wine, if 
New wine is a key component of revival, and we're seeking it, and we're desperate for it. And that's our vantage point, and that's what we're going for. If full churches, not just ours, True Light Baptist over on the southeast side, we want to see a full church there. I want to see a full church in Ada Bible. I want to see a full church in the little one-room school zone house out in the middle of nowhere. I want to see revival. But if new wine is necessary for the recipe called revival to come about in the earth, to be birthed in the earth, to happen again in the earth, friends, what if I told you this morning, new wine really only comes one way? New wine really only comes one way. You see, new wine doesn't just happen. New wine doesn't just show up. New wine, you can't get that shipped to your house or, or uh, what's the other one, Grubhub to your house. There is no DoorDash for new wine, okay? You can get some box wine, and if you do, we got to pray. There's a problem, okay? <laughs> Full on, if you get box wine delivered to your house, see me after class, all right? We are delivering you from bad taste, poor finances, and bad decisions, okay? It's going to be good. Praise God. Someone's like, what is this church? It's a good one, okay? But it, but, it, but it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just manifest. You see, uh, fortunately for us, friends, and I say fortunately because we'll get to the fortunate part about it later, but fortunately for us, friends, new wine only comes about one way. It has a design. There's a reason behind it. And new wine only comes not from what your pastor says, not from a podcast you listen to, not because you love this worship team, not because you listen to praise music all the time. No, 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 no. New wine only comes one way, and it's by the crushing. Crush and gush, baby. That's it. That's it. There is only one way that new wine is made manifest in our lives. There is only one way that new wine can burst forth in our lives. There is only one way that we will taste and see how just good the Lord is when he uses us in our lives with new wine. It's not by hook or crook. It is not by lying or stealing. It is not by cheating. It is not by avoiding. It is not by rebelling. It is not by being the most loud or the most quiet or the most aware or the most unaware. It is not by hiding. It is not by seeking. It is by crushing. Funny thing about crushing, isn't it? Crushing, we, we don't like that, do we? We don't. We don't. We would avoid pressing, crushing, uncomfortability, any kind of anything weighing down on our lives. We want to live free with reckless abandon before the Lord in our own ways, in our own ways, and what we want to do. But the Lord has called us to new wine. You see, he looked amongst the cluster and the calamity and the confusion and the chaos and the COVID, and what did he find? He found faithlessness, fickleness, and then a cluster, a people, a church of new wine. Friends, I wonder, is 2022 going to be the year of new wine or of bitter spirits? Is 2022 going to be the year for you of new wine or bitter spirits? Now, that is some bartending 
bartending theology right there. Hear me today. Is you, are you going to sip from the cup and live from the cup of new wine? And will that be your experience? Or in this year, will it be marked by bitter spirits? You see, friends, new wine only comes about the one way, and that is because new wine, new wine doesn't actually create, or crushing doesn't actually create new wine, contrary to popular belief. The crushing, the breaking, the pressing, these things that we experience in our life, no, 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 that doesn't actually create the new wine. What crushing does is actually liberate the new wine. You see, crushing, crushing isn't how new wine is created. Crushing is how new wine is liberated, okay? Crushing is how new wine is released. Crushing is how what is on the inside of you is freed from you, amen? Crushing is an avenue. It is the bypass. It is the gateway. It is the liberator of what God has already placed, deposit, and put on the inside of you. How many of you know you cannot liberate what is not there? How many of you know you cannot set free what is not found? How many of you know you cannot catch and release, friends, what has not already been placed on the inside of you? See, crushing, crushing is activation. Crushing is how you come alive. What if I told you this morning, friends, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. I'm going to tell it to you anyways. Is that all right? You want to hear some good news this morning? The good news of the gospel is that even Jesus was pressed, that even Jesus was crushed, that even Jesus was broken. Friends, this new wine that we're talking about, even Jesus had to endure the breaking, the pressing, and the crushing all so that we could receive our blessing. You want to look at Jesus on the cross, look at him as he's hung as he's strapped, as he's broken, as he's bruised, as he is murdered, as he is put to death, as he is stabbed in the side. Also that the Holy Spirit could be poured out on the earth. Also that salvation could come upon the earth. Also that the gifts of the Spirit could be made manifest into believers in the earth. All so that You could have your healing. You could have your provision. You could have your needs and your lacks met and exceeded. Also that God could be your source and your strength and your power forever. Amen. All so that this could happen. So you could have the sozo and the zoe and the abundant life and the overflow. All so that you could experience everything God intends for you and I to experience in the earth. Jesus was pressed, broken, and crushed for it to be poured out on you. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. New wine only comes the one way. But friends, what if I told you, what if I told you this morning there is blessing in the pressing? What if I told you this morning there is blessing in in the pressing what if i told you it was better for you it was better for you it was better for your children and for your family and for your people and your workplace and everybody that you do life with what if i told you it was better for the soul of the earth 
for the soul of our nation, for the soul of the world. What if I told you right now, even for the soul of your enemy, it is better that we are broken open because if we are broken open, a blessing can come from us. Power can pour from us. Dominion and dunamis and all of these things we talk about, healing and provision, all of these things can overflow from us. You see, friends, all the pressing and the shaking that's happened in the last two years. How many of you know there's been a cluster? We'll leave it there. We won't, we won't finish the sentence. 2020, 2021 has been a cluster. Amen? We're going to stop right there. I don't know where your mind's going. I'll stop that cluster, okay? It's been a cluster the last two years. But I know for some of us, the last 10 years have had clusters. The last 20 years have had clusters. Some of us are still hung up on clusters from 1990. I am. I was born and, you know. Anyways, but you see what happened is, is I don't care what some people would have you believe, 2020 and 2021 wasn't the great dismantler of the church that some would have you be led to believe. In fact, it wasn't the great dismantler, it was the great revealer. Because in 2020 and all in 2021, all that could be shaken from the church has been shaken from the church. And all that remains, well, their doors are open, okay? And this is the new wine in the earth. But what about, let's, let's move on from the church. Let's get from the macro to the micro. Let's talk about you for a second. Friends, the greatest tragedies in your life, the greatest moments of pressing, the greatest moments of crushing, the greatest moments of breaking in your life. What if I've told you? They were not the great dismantler of your life. They were the great revealer of your life. They didn't dismantle your life. They just revealed the foundations of which you've built your life upon thus far. Now what that was built upon can be good or bad. Can be Jesus or not. Can be Jesus or you. Jesus or your spouse. Jesus or a girlfriend. Jesus or a boyfriend. Jesus or a whatever. It can I be the Christ alone, the cornerstone or everything else that will pass away. You see, friends, 2020 and 2021, full of cluster, confusion, calamity, chaos, and COVID. But if we do this thing right, it will not be the great dismantler of the church. It'll be the great revealer of the church and ultimately the great revival of the church. It won't be just the great dismantler of your life. It'll be the great revealer of your life of which then we can start building a fire and altar unto revival in our lives. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Friends, in 2022, will God survey the earth? Will he look in Grand Rapids? Will he look on Roger B. Chaffee Memorial Boulevard, the longest address in history? Will he look upon this industrial complex area and will faith be found but not just any faith new wine kind of faith you see Isaiah he juxtaposed two things here he juxtaposed two things because if you scroll down a little bit further he brings in this idea of of he first says new wine and then when he looked amongst the rest of the earth he found mixed wine friends what if I told you today what if I told you today that crushing, crushing 
isn't how new wine is made, it's how it's released. How new wine is actually made is determined by the spirit of which you endure it. The spirit of which you endure the crushing will determine the kind of wine that comes from you. The spirit in which you endure the crushing, you experience the crushing, the breaking, the pressing, the experience that you have, what comes, from, what comes forth from your life will either be new wine or mixed wine, and that is completely determined by the kind of spirit in which you experience the pressing. Check it out. Holy Spirit, bitter spirit. Holy Spirit, prideful spirit. Holy Spirit, selfish spirit. Holy Spirit, content spirit. Holy Spirit, biased spirit. Holy Spirit, racist spirit. Holy Spirit, stingy spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit, a spirit that is, I'm trying to be cautious because there's children in the room, more consumed of things of carnal nature than of spiritual nature. Let's leave it there. Right? Just, I just passed the crap out of that. There we go. We'll do some. Uh, anyways, moving on. I got so many things to say. The spirit in which you endure the pressing will determine the kind of wine that comes from it. Because you see, new wine, well, that's God's design. New wine is God's design. New wine is God's best. New wine is how God wants us to experience crushing and blessing and pressing and all of these things. New wine is the outcome that God desires for us to experience in our lives, the power from the pressing. He wants you to have a juice that is worth the squeeze. Amen. New wine is God's design. But mixed wine, no, friends. Mixed wine, mixed wine's our idea. Mixed wine is when we go, yeah, I want the power that comes from new wine, but I want to do it by my own design. Mixed wine is when I want the blessing of the new wine, but I want to alleviate myself of the pain to get there. Mixed wine is when I say, I want what the Lord has, but I'm going to avoid and abstain from the Lord's process on how to get it. Mixed wine is we covet God's new wine. Where God said you can have Isaac, but we make a way where we go and get Ishmael first. New wine is God's design of Isaac through a 90-year-old Abraham and a 70-year-old Sarah. But we'd rather go with the young servant maid, mistress and get an Ishmael. Because we, for some reason, think uh, God's best needs our help. God's fruitfulness needs our assistance. It's been a while since God's been on the earth, okay, Jesus? Let me show you how things are done here. Friends, can I just tell you that Jesus doesn't call me Pastor Matt? He doesn't call me Pastor Matt. He doesn't call me Apostle. Uh... He calls me idiot. Uh, he calls me blessed, highly favored. He calls me my son in whom I'm well pleased. He calls me a lot of things, but he did not call me pastor. Mixed wine comes about in our lives when we decide we want what God says, but we want it by how we think we can get it. Mixed wine is hijacking 
Mixed wine is coveting. Mixed wine is fallen, and mixed wine is selfish, and it is bitter, and it is broken, and it is brittle, and it will fail you. Mixed wine is box wine, okay? But what I find amazing is what God says next to Isaiah. He says, I look at the new wine, and you know what? I won't destroy it. How many are grateful for a God who looks on our face, he looks on our lives, and though we may have mistakes, though we may have sin, though we may have fallen short, when faith is found, God doesn't destroy, he comes closer. I'm grateful. Because he says, I see this as a blessing. Hold the phone. What? What? Chaos, calamity, COVID, craziness, elections, yeah. And then new wine is found. And God says, I'm not going to destroy because this is a blessing. How many of you know none of, us, none, of us, none of us look on the chaos, the confusion, the calamity, or the clusters of our lives and go, this is a blessing? Like, let me sign up for that pressing class. Yo, who's trying to get broke today? Oh, man, I am ready. Come, Lord, crush me. Ain't nobody ever prayed that prayer. You know what? Zach is a modern-day John the Baptist, and uh, he don't eat locusts. He eats meat that was thawed on a grate <laughs> that has heat coming from it. Anyways, um, just as bad, just as bad. Love you, Z. But see, nobody signs up for that. Nobody signs up for that. But God says it's a blessing. Friends, what if I told you that some of us today, some of us today, we have spent the last two years trying to destroy it. What if I told you, God's saying, no, 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 we're not going to blot this out. We're not going to blot this out. We're not going to destroy it. We're not going to avoid it. We're not going to push this aside. We're not going to skirt the issue. We're not just going to put our blankets over our bed in a certain way and make sure mom and dad don't see the mess that are underneath it, okay? We're not going to just cover this thing up, blot it out, kick it to the door, and move on with our lives. We're not going to do that. No, 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 no. We're not going to destroy it because there's a blessing in it. But so many of us, because we don't like pain, we don't like discomfort. We don't like heartbreak. We don't like confusion. We don't like any of these things that we want to so desperately avoid and abstain from at all costs. We don't find the blessing, the value in it, that God finds the value in it. And we will try to avoid at all costs. Friends, some of us, we will not experience the new wine that 2022 offers us because we're still trying to destroy the brokenness of 2021 and the pressing of 2020. Some of us, some of us, we live in such a way and we're going, man, God, they're just so blessed. Why am I not blessed? Oh, they're just so favored. Why am I not favored? God, it just seems like faith is just really easy for them. Why does faith not come so easy for me? It looks like it's quite easy for them to believe and receive. But for me, faith is something I have to contend for, and I'm sick of contending for it, and I'm sick of trying to believe and faking to believe and trying to make it. Why does faith look so easy for them and so difficult for me? But what we don't know is while it may look like ease on the outside, there was many a long nights crying and pleading before the Lord on their knees. 
And so while we want what they have, we've abstained from the path it took to get it. Some of us, some of us, we look at other people's marriages, don't we? We look at their marriage and we're just like, wow, they're so in love. They're so honest and so transparent. And Adrian just gets the hit, man. I mean, sorry, I had to, sorry, I forgot where I was. This Tuesday at three? No, I'm kidding, joking. But we look at other people's marriages, don't we? And we covet what they have and we go, why do I not have that kind of marriage? Why do I not have that kind of fruit? Why do I not have that kind of transparency and honesty and security? Why am I insecure in my marriage while they are so secured in their marriage? And honestly, it's because the people that you're coveting their marriage, they didn't destroy the hard times. They didn't avoid the difficult conversations. They didn't abstain. They didn't cover up. They didn't lie. They, they faithfully and truthfully and exposed everything for what it was, and they faced it and embraced it together, friends. The reason some of us don't have a marriage like other people is because other people have been willing to do the hard work, the pressing, the breaking, and the crushing to receive that kind of marriage. Man, I just, I don't get why I don't have the kind of influence that other people have. Like, why, why do they get to pray on stage? And why do they get to do stuff at church? And, and, and I've been coming for this whole time. And you know what their lives look like? They got saved like six months ago. Why are they getting opportunity and I'm not getting opportunity? And we start having all of these thoughts in our head. And friends, we have these thoughts, but behind the scene, what you're missing is the fact that they've been before the Lord every single day. What you're missing is that this is still real to them. What you're missing is they're not, they're, not, uh, they're, not, they're not coveting a place on stage. They are content with setting up chairs. The things that we're failing to miss is that people did this in gladness. They would rather set up chairs before the Lord before they set up saints before the Lord. But we will abstain and we will avoid the hard moments in our lives. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Friends, what if I came to tell you there's blessing in your pressing. There's blessing in your pressing. Can you just declare that this morning? Can you declare that all over this house? Can we just do it together? Can we make this a rally cry for us this morning? Can we just declare this over our lives? Can we just say this with such gravitas and reverence and yet just gutterly war cry this thing out before the Lord so we get it on the inside of us? Come on, there is pressing in the blessing on three. One, two, three. There is pressing in the blessing. My bad. Even on my birthday, she does this. Seriously, we're going to go to so much therapy. Friends, we'll do it again. We'll do it again, okay? Again and again and again. On three. One, two, three. There is blessing in the pressing. There we go. Come on, somebody. There's blessing in the pressing as long as the crushing is experienced with Christ. There is blessing in the pressing as long as the experience is with Christ. You see, friends, 
This is what Isaiah is talking about here later on when he's bringing up mixed wine. He says there's mixed wine and there's people who when God called, they did not answer. When God spoke, they did not listen. They decided to delight in things that the Lord would not delight in and they called good what the Lord would call evil. These are mixed wine and I will prepare them for the sword. I would rather be crushed into new wine than be prepared for a sword. I would rather be made into a sword for my generation than be prepared for a sword. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Isaiah is talking to God and God says there are people who want to destroy it but I see blessing in it friends what if I told you today the Lord has not anointed you to avoid but he's anointed you to overcome the Lord doesn't bless avoidance the only abstinence the Lord blesses is sinful abstinence amen amen it's okay it's all right sanctification process we're all getting there together but what happens next is absolutely incredible and absolutely paramount to us as Christians today because friends later on in this verse in Isaiah 65 9 through 10 he says this this is going to blow your mind in the new year I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it. My servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks and the valley of Acre a place for hers to lie down for my people who have sought me. Friends, there is blessing in the pressing as long as the crushing is experienced with Jesus. Can I be honest with you this morning? This week has been one of the most difficult weeks in my life as a pastor. I've basically been in ministry since I was 16 years old, started pastoral internship at the church I got saved in. And this week has been one of the single most difficult weeks as a pastor, as a Christian, as a Jesus follower that I've ever experienced. If I'm being honest this morning, is that okay? Could we handle what our pastor's being honest with where he's been? You see, because what happened this week is I experienced some crushing, I experienced some breaking, I experienced some pressing, and I'll be honest with you, not every single moment was experienced with Christ. You see, because the devil, the enemy, he found a chink in my chain mill that I didn't see that was there beneath my armor of God. You see, friends, there was a new wine the Lord is trying to birth in Matt McClure that he's trying to birth in this church. Friends, revival, a church can only be built on new wine, and all it takes is a little mixed wine to destroy it. A church will succeed on new wine, but it will fail miserably with mixed wine. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And friends, let me tell you, I drank from the cup of mixed wine this week. You see, because what ended up happening was, was, there was a shaking that happened. There was some realness that happened. And I started to learn who was really in this. 
and who wasn't. Who was really going after revival with us and believed in us and who didn't. I was beginning to see a lot of things in a lot of different ways. And it was heartbreaking and it was crushing and it was soul piercing. And it was some of the hardest things that I've ever had to confront. And on top of that, it's my birthday today. And I've woke up having to contend for faith today because, friends, there was a dagger that had a tip of poison on it that got right between my third and fourth rib on the right side. And, man, it snuck in. It snuck in quick. It snuck in deep. And suddenly what was protruding from me in my moment of pressing, in my moment of crushing, in my moment of breaking, wasn't new wine, it was mixed wine. Wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was a bitter spirit. And I will not succeed. Church will not succeed. Revival will not succeed. Marriages will not succeed. Single seasons will not succeed. Identity will not succeed. Your calling will not succeed. Families will not succeed. There will be no succession in our lives without new wine. It was difficult. It was hard. And then I read this point between Isaiah and God, and he starts talking about these mountains in our lives. And he said, no, 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 you don't get it. For the new wine that's found amongst the cluster, when you, when you, when you suffer well, okay, when you suffer well, when you allow the pressing to be a blessing in your life, when you go through this with Christ at the center, you see there's a lot of calamity, a lot of cluster, a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos, and a lot of COVID. But what is found in the midst of it needs to be another C word, Christ. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Because here's the realness about Christ. Christ goes where he's celebrated, not where he's tolerated. The Holy Spirit is found where he is celebrated, not just where he is tolerated. Amen. The Holy Spirit will come. He will rest over the chaos, the confusion, the calamity, the COVID, and the clusters of our lives. He will rest on us when he is invited in by us, not just when he is simply tolerated by us. When Christ is found in the midst of chaos, so will be new wine. When Christ is found in the midst of clusters, so will be new wine. When Christ is found in the midst of confusion, so will be new wine. When Christ is celebrated in a broken marriage, new wine will be found. When Christ is celebrated in poor stewardship decisions on our part, new wine will be found. When we step out, when we commit adultery, when we get addiction to pornography, when we get so sexually inept and destructive in our own lives where things just rip apart our souls. When this happens, but we invite Christ in, the Holy Spirit in, we celebrate him in the midst of our confusion. Guess who reigns above it all? Holy Spirit. And when Holy Spirit reigns above it all, when he is celebrated, not just tolerated, guess what is found in that place? New wine. How do I know? Because he says, this mountain before you, no, 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 it's so insurmountable, it's so big, we are weary, we are well-traveled, we are tired, and we are just like thinking about giving up because there's this giant mountain before us that we do not know how to conquer, get around, or get over. And the Lord says, that thing, no, 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 I'm going to make that your resting place. 
I'm going to make that mountain your hiding place. No, no, no. For those who have sought after me, those where new wine is found, no, no, no. That won't be insurmountable odds set against you. That will be a place of refuge before you. And those valleys, because you see the world, the world isn't really looking for how we do big things, are they? They don't care. We've been around for 2,000 years fighting back. We are prone to do big things. The world recognizes the church as conquerors. What they're waiting to see is how we go through valleys. They're not impressed when we overcome a mountain. They're either surprised or impressed with how we deal with the valleys. They will either be like, oh, where's your Jesus now? Or they'll be like, wow, there's your Jesus now. Because the valleys, you see, valleys, valleys are different than the mountain. He says the valleys will be a place for you and your herds to lie down. Now, valley is still a valley. It's still stingy. It's still stinky. It's still dark, damp, wet. It's still longer than you thought it was going to be. It's still harder than you thought it was going to be. This is going to be an undertaking and an experience. Valleys will come in our life. Pressing happens to us all. But when they come, for those who have sought me, while everyone else is ridden by fear, you can rest in the valley low. That's what he says. He says the valley of Acre will become a place for you to lie down. The valley of Acre will become a place not just for you to struggle through or to get through or grit your teeth through, but no, when new wine is found in you, valleys become a place for you to rest your head, for you to hide, for refuge and resurrection to be found. That mountain before you will no longer be a mountain that is in front of you. It will be a tomb of resurrection for you. It's amazing. Worship team, you can make your way back up here. See, friends, pressing is going to happen in our lives one way or the other. Sometimes, sometimes God is doing the pressing. Sometimes God is doing the pressing. His word says all over the place, he tests his faithful. He tests his metal. He tests his children. It says all over the place that he disciplines those he loves Direct quote from Hebrews. The Lord is often doing the pressing, but not always. Sometimes we find pressing because of hell. Sometimes we find pressing because of the enemy coming after us, demons coming after us. These things exist. I don't care if you believe it or not. It's true. Sometimes it's by our own silly decisions that we've made that we're experiencing breaking and pressing and crushing. Sometimes it's because of work people or enemies in our own life. Sometimes it's because there's fallen nature around us. And you know what? All of hell is against us as Christians. So don't be surprised when things get a little resistance, when you start to feel some pushback, when you start to feel the pressure beyond the heat underneath you. Pressing, breaking, crushing will come for us all. It will either break you or it will make you. It will either break you or make you. And friends, let me tell you, when you begin to seek the Lord, for those who have sought after the Lord, who saw their breaking as an opportunity for the making, for those who went through it with Jesus. Friends, can we just say this today over us? Face it with Jesus. Whatever it is, face it 
with Jesus. Whatever mountain, face it with Jesus. Whatever sickness, face it with Jesus. Whatever issue, face it with Jesus. Whatever lie, face it with Jesus. Whatever thing has risen against you, has put pressure on you, whatever is putting uh, fear and doubt and worry on you, face it with Jesus. Friends, what if I told you the greatest power acting in you is not the power that's acting on you, it's the power acting within you. Can I rewind that? What if I told you today the greatest power acting in you is not the power that is acting upon you, pressing on you, breaking on you, crushing on you. It is the power that has been placed within you. It is the power at work in you. Friends, don't let, the, don't let the enemy steal from you the blessing of your mountain of refuge. Don't let him take your palace of peace. Don't let him take your valley of victory from you by getting you to believe the lie that what Christ has placed in you is not enough for the season ahead of you. I could understand if you deposited it in you that you'd question, you'd second guess whether it can, it's up to snuff or not. I guess, I get that if you were to say, oh, Pastor Matt put this on me. He said this about me. His words are this about me. Yeah, that might not hold up to scrutiny from the world. That might break under some pressure. But how many of you know when it's what the Lord places on the inside of you? It's what the Lord deposits in you. It's not your own deposit. It's not your parents' deposit. It's not your pastor's deposit. It's not your enemy's deposit. It's not hell's deposit. When the, when the Lord places himself within you, How many of you know that's the single greatest power acting around you? I'm reminded of a moment. You guys can stand to your feet. We're going to get ready to worship one last time. I'm reminded of a moment with Jesus. You see, Jesus is about 12 years old at this time, and it's, it's one of the most early, besides his birth, uh, records that we have of what he was getting up to. So Jesus is 12 years old, and he's chilling with Mary and Joseph, and they're doing their thing, and literally a whole day goes past, and I'm assuming it's because they got so far, and then they had to make their way back, because I... I mean, how many of you know you ain't Pentecostal unless you've been left at church, okay? Like, that's a, that's a rite of, patch, pass, that's a rite of passage as a child of God, amen? Like, someone's going to forget you here. It happens because we're excited. But Jesus, he, he bounces out on mom and dad. Jesus is actually found in the temple, and it says that he was actually teaching the rabbis. And I think we have the verse. Can you guys throw it up? It should be my second one is Luke 2, 52. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Jesus grew. Pause. Are you ready for this? The Greek word for grew is prokopto. Somebody say prokopto. Prokopto. P-R-O-K-O-P-T-O. One more time. P-R-O-K-O-P-T-O. Do you know what prokopto means? Jesus prokopto. It means to be lengthened by hammering. When this was being written down, when this was being taken into consideration, how the author, the great Dr. Luke, 
thought best to describe what was taking place in Jesus' life in this moment in the temple at 12 years old. How young? 12 years old. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of breaking. That's a lot of crushing for such a young person. Amen? And it says, Jesus was lengthened by hammering. And from that lengthening, from that strengthening, from that hammering, from that beating, from that crushing, from that breaking, he was lengthened in stature and in favor and in wisdom before the Lord and all the people. Friends, what if I came to tell you today? There's a blessing in the pressing. There is a blessing in the pressing. There is new wine in the breaking and in the crushing. And if you and I would resign ourselves to the hammering, we would avoid the valleys. We would be anointed for the valleys. We would avoid the mountains. We would be anointed for the mountains. We would avoid the troubles in our lives. We would say, Lord, come and be celebrated, be lifted on high, be exalted in the difficulties, the trials, the turbulence, and the hardships in our lives. Friends, in this moment, we're gonna to go to a song called Reckless Love. And what I want us to do in this moment is I want us to close our eyes. I want us to lift our hands. I want us to begin to sing these words. And I wanna to begin to celebrate. This is wild. I want us to begin to celebrate the hammering of the Lord the hammering of the Lord. You see, like a blacksmith who knows perfectly what he is doing. He isn't hammering you for the sake of hammering you. He isn't beating down on you because he wants to beat down on you. He isn't coming against you for the sake that he wants to rebuke you and come against you. No, he is lengthening you and strengthening you so that you can be a sword in your generation. shield of faith in your generation so that you can be the armor for your generation so you can be the sword in your marriage so you can be the sword in your family so you can be a sword in your single season so you can be a sword in your sexuality so you can be a sword in this world and in this culture and in your identity so you can be a sword so while we sing about the reckless love of God understand there is no wall he wouldn't kick down, lie he wouldn't tear down, coming after you. And when God begins to come after you, when God begins to chase you, it is always with purpose, it is always with attention, and it is always with the purpose of new wine in mind. Let's worship there. Come on.